0: Several weeks ago, we were talking about a Better Together. We are just talking about some things about being a family, a church body. And, um, you know, it's really odd that uh, in my lifetime, this is an unusual day in the sense that uh, it's a time of great individualism. Have you noticed that? And, and I think it, with the advent of technology, it's created uh, independent people who feel like they can do what they want to do when they want to do it anytime they want to do it independent of anyone else. And the thing that should have brought us together, you know, like, like Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all these other things, Snapchat, whatever, uh, it seems like they're dividing us. And instead of being closer, we seem to be fragmented. And, and in the middle of that, God wants us to become conscious that we are a body of believers integrated together and meeting each other now how many know when you say that that goes cross grain of the way we live yes or no it really it goes cross grain of of american culture american culture we're individualists we're rugged individualists we want to do what we want to do when we want to do it nobody tell us what to do but when we're in the kingdom of god the concepts change we become parts of a body members of a family enter united together and what affects another should affect us and you know what if it doesn't then there's something that we need to change how many hear that so um Anyway, so so we 've been talking about some things along those lines. what we can do to be more conscious of one another, relate better to one another. Last time, there were six things that I think it took two times there for me. Uh, six things that we need to remember. remember God is body conscious, body of Christ conscious, we together create how many we know we create an atmosphere when we 're together, and there 's a presence here, Sunday, both services. there was a presence here. there was an atmosphere because our hearts are saying god i, I can 't do life on my own, I need you." And and how many know he came? If you were here Sunday, uh, go get the video. I think you could probably see what happened here. It was really wonderful. So we together create an atmosphere. And those that say, well, I, I'm so small, I can't make any difference, no, you play a part as you uh, are involved in a local church, uh, in the, involved in the meetings, involved in the small groups, involved in volunteering, involved in reaching out to our community together we create an environment that creates a place for god to do what he wants to do and that is bless and help and set people free how many hear that so um don't let yourself number three we said don't let yourself be a cancer cell uh, a, a cancer cell is a cell in the body that an invaders come in changed it and it affects to the negative of uh, the cells around it and it creates something that can actually uh, not only just create division in the body, but kill the body. So don't be a cancer cell. We talked about that. The way we treat each other is the way we treat Jesus himself. So I take it home for me, the way I treat Susan is the way I'm treating Jesus because she's the closest person to me in this life, right? And the way I treat you is the way I'm treating Jesus. So, you know, if I want him to be, I want him to snuggle up close to me, answer my prayer, listen to what I'm saying. How many know I got to treat him right? I treat him right by treating you properly, Right? And if I don't treat you right, how in the world can I pray properly? So it's a lot to think about. Then uh, we mentioned think, act, and speak unity. Went through the book of Acts, the first. All oh, six chapters or so there Constantly they were in one accord 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 And as they were The Holy Spirit manifest People were saved People were spirit filled People were healed Signs, wonders, miracles The power of God fell All because they decided to walk in unity and We even looked at a place in Genesis 11 The Tower of Babel the, uh, Everybody had a common language worldwide They were building an astrological tower And God even said to those people who were heathens didn't know him that's really the beginning of heathen religions is the tower of babel and god said these things these people are one they think the same way they're saying the same thing nothing that they've imagined to do will be restrained from them so god confused their languages we know that today as the tower of babel but that just shows you the power of unity any entity a business a group that can unify tremendous power and unity that's why the enemy fights so desperately in local churches to to cause division strife discord disharmony why because when we unify the power of god comes so I always want to be aware of that so be a part of unity not dense unity number six allow uh, love to help you overlook the flaws and misdeeds of others and uh, you don't have to look very far to see most of our flaws and misdeeds. Most all of us have a face that's not normal. <laughs> your ears aren't, co- aren't common. You, you know, your nose is crooked. Your mouth's not, you know, whatever. I'm just saying a lot of love to help you overlook the faults. Tonight, I want to talk about something that uh, I've shared many times, but it's a reoccurring theme. We constantly have new people come into our church, and, and, you know, we're evolving, growing. So some of the things I have to share over and over again as a pastor, and this is something that... Uh, is personal to me and I'll perhaps share some personal points tonight uh, but it's bitter root judgments and um, be careful about personal bitter root judgments and how they cause us to respond to the people that we interact with both in our families on the job as well as in in the local church that we attend how many know that a local church is made up of unique individuals right from different backgrounds and I always think of this way: everybody has a page they 're living on. You have a page that is the context of your life. You have a page for family in your own your page. I should say it this way. page of life includes what you think about uh, mothers, fathers, uh, wives, husbands, uh, men, women um, uh, what you think about, what, what, just what you think about family relationships, how you view yourself, how you see your others in the context of relating to you, where you are in, in that big picture, uh, that's your page and also on your page is, is what you think about church. A local church if you've been in God like me for 42 years my page has 42 years of experience actually more than that I was raised in a Southern Baptist Church so my page includes all the experiences I've had with pastors with 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 uh, people who were leaders in church uh, friends I met in church Sunday school teachers who really had an indelible print on my life when I was a young child so on your page you have all those kinds of things if you've had negative experiences on your page what we tend to do is judge life from those experiences that we've had, and our mind. Our mind does two things: fight or flight. And and when trauma comes, when when pain comes, when something scary shows up, so to speak, using that word quite broadly, uh, our minds have a way of of moving us away from something that would harm us. And today, particularly, I've never seen a day where it's where it's more. Ch- the, I would say the most challenging. For people to enter into close relationships, it's basically in America because of the fragmented family. After World War II, America just went into a a a nosedive family with family things. Divorce uh, one out of every two. Uh, marriages ends in divorce across the board. A lot of single parent families. A lot of challenges, dangers, family wise, and you know those cause us to you know want to put onion layered walls of protection around us to keep pain out. It's not that we don't like people; we just don't want to hurt anymore. How many hear me? So you bring all that stuff on your page, and God says when you come to a church, and think about it. So we're coming to a church family, and we're from different backgrounds. We're different ethnicities. We've got over 20 nations represented here at Victory Church... And, and, you know, if you're from a different culture, you just think life differently. And, and we often don't think that. I'm constantly talking to my staff team. And I'm saying, well, you just be aware, you know, if a person comes from another culture, they don't think and respond about the various areas of life the way you may or others may. And you've got to figure out what context that person's in. How many of you know that's the reason we have to give a lot of grace to each other? And what we mostly do is we want everybody to be like us. And we think we're always right. <laughs> the most right person in the room, most people is me. <laughs> so, so everything would be great if you would change, because if everything pleased me, I think life would just be wonderful. But that, how many know it's just not the way it works, right? So, you know. Anyway, we also bring into our Christian life all uh, all of our BC stuff, before Christ uh, stuff, and uh, that fills our page. Uh, we bring hurts, pains um all kinds of things relationally speaking life would be easy if it weren't for relationships do you know the biggest pain you have is relating to others do you know the biggest challenge any organization has business has is is the relationships between the employees and and the relationship that entity has with other people is that true or not in your own life the biggest challenges you have are relationships is that true Starting with yourself, you're relating to yourself, relating to God, obviously relating to others. So, you know, these are things we have to work on. And here's why the Apostle Paul, Romans twelve two, this is amplified, said don't be conformed uh, to this world or this age fashioned after and adapted to ex- external superficial customs. How many know the world has superficial relationships? God wants us to have deeper than superficial Relationships with each other. So he says, um, but be transformed or changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude. Everybody say new attitude. Amen. So that you may prove for yourselves what is the good, acceptable, perfect will of God. Uh, even the things, uh, thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight to you. So he used the term uh, in the Amplified, it's new ideals. Your, let your mind be renewed by new ideals. That is, that, that is uh, things that form the basis of what's important to you in life. New ideals and its new attitude. So attitude, I, I, I've got a definition for attitude here. Attitude is defined as behavior representative of feeling or conviction. A disposition primarily grounded in effect and emotion and is expressive of opinions rather than belief. A persistent or as a persistent disposition to act either positively or negatively towards a person, group, object, situation, or value. So how many know we constantly are exuding attitudes? How many know you can exude an attitude just with body language? All right, for instance, let's do it. All right, so so uh, um, an a- attitude of positiveness. Show somebody with your face. Show me with your face. Positive. Huh? excited, um, aggravated, frustrated, huh? So, you know, attitudes, and you know what? When you get around someone, when you shake their hand, when you say hi, good to see you, immediately you feel an attitude, yes or no? And, And sometimes if you're like me, if you have a challenging day, you got to try to figure out, okay, how am I going to deal with this attitude? Me, I have to go. Everything went wrong. Just if The truth is, everything went wrong just before we had our meeting tonight. My computer didn't work right. My, I would call it names, but I, I shouldn't. My iPad wouldn't work right. In fact, it said, try me later. It wouldn't even come on. Said, I've never seen the screen. Uh, try, try another uh, in a minute. Try a minute. Did, I was ready to throw it on the floor and stomp on it, but I didn't. It's working now. So I'm just saying, that's just amazing, and I had a toot. I mean, I wanted to come in here and go, but I had to go somewhere and say, God, you've got to deal with my attitude, because right now it smells pretty bad, and I don't want other people to smell it. How many hear me? So we have attitudes we have to deal with together. Another thing to think about is this in relating to each other. I'm going to get to the bitter root thing in a minute, but, uh, you know, every time we have an event, everybody has a different idea of how it went. And, and can you put that screen up A plus B equals see there it is. so uh, um, so I got this from Chip Judd, and you know it just made, really makes a lot of sense so there, there's a, there's a the thing that shows just how relationships work and something we need to be aware of uh, about how we deal with other people. A is the event, so something happens. we have an event at church, you have a small group meeting, you know we have an uh, extracurricular event and we're together doing something okay uh, a is the event c is the response so let's say we had a fellowship time uh, what have we recently had we just did something recent what did we just recently mega sports so you were part of mega sports camp you volunteered so that's the event and it's according to who you talk to somebody would say That was the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Another person said, that was the most disorganized thing I've ever seen. Another person would say, that could have been a whole lot better if we had just fill in the blank. You know what I'm saying? So other person said, man, that was just really, really tremendous ministry to children because the event and our response is determined by the B. That is our personal frame of reference the, The event filtered through what we think through our page determines how we respond. And that's the reason local church stuff. I mean, churches, it's really sad. I don't like to say these things. Churches are known for splits. Is that true or not? Why? Why? It's because of this. Because everybody has different experiences and they're expecting others to line up with their page or what they've experienced. And when others don't, they don't understand. But you got to understand. And then we don't understand why people don't respond the way we do, why somebody will have an opposite response from us if we're volunteering to do something or, or we're involved in something together, you know, in, in church life. Why would they think that way? I thought that was a great time. Why? Well, it's because of their bee. It's because of what they've experienced in life. It's the event filtered through them. So how many know because of that, we need to to give each other a boatload of grace? How many hear that? And you know, uh, I'm old enough to uh, have just about, not quite, but just about got it figured out that life is not about me. Life is not about me being happy. Life is not necessarily about me being fulfilled. Life is about me obeying God. Life is about me growing. Would you agree with that? And growing means changing. That means often God will put me in circumstances that I feel like round peg square hole. I don't feel like it fits. It's abrasive to me, not so the other person can change, but so I can. Is that true? So often God puts us in a local church where by design, you won't agree with everything I think, everything I say, everything I preach and minister, everything the the person that oversees the ministry that you volunteer in, everything they do. And God does that on purpose because, you know, it's not because he wants to upset us, he wants us to grow. And he wants us to learn to appreciate and love others even when they don't do life like us. How many think that's important? One one part of this this, uh, thing is... Bitter root strongholds is what I call them, administered on this many times. Uh, we need to make sure that we deal with bitter roots, and we have to deal with these things all the time. We don't realize it, but they're a part of how we do life because of the way God made us. Hebrews 12 15, New Living Translation, says this Look after each other uh, so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. So he says, Watch out that no, and New Living Translation calls it, no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Now, just the verbiage there gives you an idea that something starts small, and as you go in life, it gets bigger. So, so like the weeds in my yard, I had some nut sedge that came, it comes up the same time every year, and they have chemicals you have to put on it to get, and I don't like it. Because it grows that about that tall, and you got your grass looking perfect, and it's messed up. So bitter roots are like nuts that start small. You can hardly detect it. It's a seed. And then before you know it, it's very apparent there's something not right, and you got to deal with it, right? So that's the way weeds are in your yard. And the bitter root strongholds are like weeds in our personality. So he says, watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, And then, because it messes with you, it it it, uh, corrupts many. So it starts out small, affecting one part of my life. But if I don't deal with it appropriately, it can sour so many areas of life. It can it can start out and it's just something I deal with personally. But then, if I'm not careful, that weed can grow, and, and, and it troubles my marriage. It troubles my my job. It troubles my friendships. Troubles my church relationships and before I know it, something's wrong and, and the common denominator is me. <laughs> and that's what we need to be aware of. So be aware of uh, bitter root strongholds I call the message paraphrase. Says this of Hebrews twelve fifteen. Make sure no one gets left out of God's generosity. Keep a sharp eye out for weeds of bitter discontent. And that's the way uh, Eugene Peterson puts it there, in the message. Uh, and then he says a thistle or two gone to seed. Can ruin a whole garden in no time. So I have this crowd keep talking about my yard. I have this crabgrass area. And man, that crabgrass is aggravating. And I put all this preventative on it. But still, when it gets hot, that's the that's the that's the growth place for crabgrass. Is heat. And I have to go back out there and kill it, kill it. If you don't deal with it, it just keeps spreading. It's spread all over the place. And it's gangly and unsightly. And that's the way he says this bitter root is. Uh, Bitter roots are basically this. Something's happened. A trauma's occurred. Somebody's done something that I don't like. And it becomes a personal judgment, which in essence is nothing more or less than unforgiveness towards a person. And that's a bitter root. So if you've been traumatized at any time by anyone about anything, the potential there is a bitter root. So we all have to deal with that. And I've got several, I'm looking at time, um, deal with several. I have several scriptures that mention judgment. So my judgment towards life beginning small and then it grows where it becomes a judgment towards sometimes i I mean listen i've talked to people i've had women who have judgments towards all men because they had a husband that did them wrong or a boyfriend that did them wrong or or somebody you know uh, took advantage of them when they were younger and i've had men who have judgments against all women because of something that happened or should have happened that didn't happen you get what i'm saying and etc 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 down the line so It's unforgiveness, it's judgments. Scripture here calls it bitter roots. These are things we have to deal with that can affect our personal, interpersonal relationships with each other. At Romans, I love Romans 2, 1 Amplified. So good, therefore, you have no excuse or defense or justification, O man, whoever you are who judges and condemns another. For imposing its judge and passing sentence on another, you condemn yourself because you who judge are habitually practicing the very same things. You censure and you denounce. You know what we mostly find out is the things that aggravate us most in life are the things that we do ourselves and we see it in other people. Is that true or not? So, you know, it's just called judgments. The Bible is very clear. Just point blank calls it judgments. Jesus said this, don't be judged. Don't judge or you will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you'll be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye? Don't pay attention to the plank in your own eye. How can you say to your brother, take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own? He said, hypocrite, take the plank out of your own eye. Then you can see clearly to help your brother. So, again, uh, bitter root judgment is basically an unforgiving thing we have towards some event in our past. It creates bitter root expectations. Here are some classic symptoms that there is something that needs to be dealt with. How many know a person's response is generally not the event they're responding to? If a person has an exaggerated response, you're, you're volunteering with someone on our dream team, you're in children's ministry, or you're an usher, you're a greeter in the parking lot, you're in an outreach, and somebody goes, and you whoa, whoa, that was really tough. Why did they say that? Understand, it's probably not the event that just happened. No, an event happened, but it got filtered through their be. Their experiences of life, which may be bitter. And it produced an exaggerated response. All of us have those kinds of things. So here's some ideas here. Um, uh, bitter root expectations cause irrational responses often to everyday living, everyday things. You hurt the very people you love. That's a potential bitter root. You push yourself away from those you really want to be close to, you sabotage your own success. I could go into detail on all these, but I've got to say, you can figure this out, right? You explode in anger at small things. You ever ever done that? You ever seen somebody do it? Of course. You isolate yourself from closeness, or you run from commitment, or here's a big one. This is a common one. The response that you have to something far exceeds the event. You overly respond. That over-response, there's something underneath pushing that. And we have to be willing to deal with those things. So ch- close church relationships and our services again on our dream team, volunteering, our outreaches, just doing things together. There, there's potential there for conflict. Most of those conflicts occur because of the B, because of the things we've had to deal with in our life. That's the reason all of us have to deal with our, um, our bitter roots. And I'll just tell you through my life, let me tell you one thing, one way I found that the Lord is, he's so gentle that he won't, are not you glad he doesn't deal with everything at one time? And I found this out about the Lord. is line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, God said through the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah twenty-eight eleven, And then we're changed from glory to glory, that is incrementally, not all at once. Wouldn't it be, I mean, you know, you, it's just the way you grow up. Uh, Sarah just had a baby. The baby's uh, two months old now. Uh, I'm sorry, a month old and uh, four weeks. And, um, and you know, a little bit at a time, one of these days uh, little by little it grows but and that's the way and that's the way we develop and that's the way we grow spiritually God doesn't pounce it even though we we come to God with so many flaws the flaws are because our minds have been affected by so many things and our emotions and relationships have been affected by so many things and and you've got to be willing a little by little to allow God into the inner recesses of your life and that was what we were talking about Sunday morning that's why we need to have those Sunday morning times if you weren't here we had a time of waiting on God and I mean, just really getting before God in his presence and talking about the things that produce inward pressure and that bother us. And when you have those kinds of times, a little bit at a time, I have just had God say, can we deal with something? And sometimes I'll say, no. <laughs> and then I'll come back and say, can we deal with something? And I'll say it again, no. And let me tell you about God. He's gentle but persistent. And a little bit at a time, he'll just keep talking to you until you say, okay, what is it? And then, he'll, according to your response, he'll take you where you need to go in a little bit of time. At a time, we'll set you free. I'll just give you, I'm looking at the time, for a couple of for instances of how the bitter root thing works. I've shared this one. This is from my childhood. This is from back in the 80s, and I really had no idea it was there. I was probably um, probably eight years old in the Lord, and I was already in ministry. I was in a full-time position at a local church, a large local church in Oklahoma. And I drove my secretary nuts, completely nuts. And um, uh, I was very demanding, and it, uh, I was second guessing everything. And we would make appointments for this, this not only at my job but at my personal life. Uh, if if I made an appointment, I had to make sure that that person was there on time. So I checked up on them four or five times. How many know it's like get a life and, and shut up and quit, right? And I, I said it was so bad. It was so bad. They made a joke of me at the Christmas party at the church I worked at because I was just this weird. And I finally said, God, what in the world's wrong with me? Why do I act this way? If I plan something, I'm supposed to. If somebody's supposed to be at a certain place at a certain time, why am I just ill at ease that they're not going to be there? Something's wrong with me. He said, You're right. And you know what he showed me? I was a little boy. I was probably nine, maybe ten years old. I'm on my bicycle. It's Saturday afternoon. My friend said I said to my friend at school, let's meet at such and such a store by the railroad tracks at three o'clock Saturday afternoon. And 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 this didn't happen one time. It happened a bunch of times. We'd say let's meet. I would be there early. That's my personality. I'm there ten minutes early. It's ten till three. Three o'clock he's not there. Three oh (laughs) five. Three fifteen. 320 he stood me up and it happened over and over again and you know what that that bred in me a distrust of people to when I became an adult and had a job and I had a marriage and had responsibilities and had to trust others I had a hard time trusting people and, and I never got over the over behavior until I went back and said God I forgive my friend I've got, I let him go. He owes me nothing for not showing up all of those Saturdays at 3 o'clock or 2 o'clock or 1.45. For letting me down, I forgive him. Once I let that go, that was a bit of root that I had to clip. Once I clipped it with my prayer, with my, by letting it go. You know what happened? A little bit at a time when the angst rose, when I was wondering if somebody was going to be uh, on time for an appointment, I said, you know what? It doesn't matter. And today, am I that way now? Jesus, help me. I have to ask the secretary. <laughs> anyway, another, I'll tell you one other, and I've got to really hurry. But this was uh, six and a half years ago. Chip Judd was in my office. And, uh, and you know, we, uh, we've been through a big reorganization the last couple of years. But prior to that, God just had to work in my life in such a big way. And I found that when somebody had any kind of constructive criticism for me, uh, I would feel hurt. I would get angry uh and uh and i would show it and and i i would i I have an ability to talk you down and so i found myself talking telling you i can win the conversation and my goal was to win this conversation because you're not going to show me wrong and you're going you're not going to show me a fault i'm going to show you why i did that and that i'm right i'm right and Chip nailed me, and this was, uh, in fact, I've got, I was going to read it. I don't have time, but uh, it was uh, November of 2011. I took notes. I put it in my journal, so I never forgot it. And he said, Did you re- why, why are you acting this way? Because he challenged something in my behavior towards my employees at Victory Church. And, boy, I mean, I was angry. I was defensive. He said, you're mighty angry and defensive. I just mentioned this. You're doing this. Said, What's up? What are you thinking? And you know what I was thinking about? When I was little, I got ridiculed constantly because I started school early because my father bought my clothes. No kidding, my father bought my clothes two or three sizes too big so I grow into them. Nope, I'm not making that up. Uh, He cut my hair. I didn't like the way. I just didn't like me. And then people ridiculed and picked on me, and I took that personally, and, and it put a barb inside of me so that when I grew up, anybody that had anything constructive to say to me, construct, how many know constructive criticism's good? If you can't take constructive criticism, there's a problem. How many know that's true? All of us need that. I welcome that. And uh, feel free, criticize me. Hey, I'm just joking, but you see what I'm saying. But, you know, I had to deal with that and I had to get before God. And it took, me, it took me a period of time after Chip said that to me. I had to go before God in prayer and I had to get this bitter root and I had to deal with all of these people who said this and this and this and this. And my child, I had to make it right. And it took some time. Uh, now, again, my staff will have to judge whether or not I take criticism now. I think I do it. I don't know. I don't think I'm perfect at it because I think anything you ever were, you can be again real quickly. How many hear me? But it's better. So what about you? What are the things in your life that set you on edge? What makes you ill at ease when this happens or that happens in a relationship? Those are things that could be that could be bitter roots. And for all of us, how many know we need to give each other a lot of space and grace because of what I just said? You never know what a per- person's been through. You never know what a person's had to deal with in their personal life. So in close quarters, like in a local church, like volunteering on our dream team, like being part of an outreach or just being part of a fellowship, you're going to see you're gonna see the other side of people. You're going to see their fleshly tendencies. You're going to see their idiosyncrasies that are not like you. You're going to see the, the flaws. You're going to see the misdeeds, the misgivings. Now, how many know God wants us to give grace to each other because of that? And for all of us, you know, when you... When when you think you see a flaw in someone else, don't forget, and God showed me this. Every time I point my finger at someone else, I got four looking back at me. So I've got all kinds of, there might, I, there might be something in someone else's life that needs to be dealt with. But you know what? That's not my business. That's theirs. My business is to love them, forgive them, accept them, and to overlook their faults. How many hear me? Ephesians 4, 2 and Colossians 3, New Living Translation says make allowances for one another because of your love. So how many know when somebody's acting out or acting way out of character for the situation at hand and the response is such an over response? How about pray for them? How about love them? Sometimes God will have you come and say, talk with them privately not in front of everybody else where it's demeaning to them but say can I pray with you about anything seems like that really upset you can I pray with you instead of judging them saying well you shouldn't have been that way can I pray with you can I help you you know lend a helping hand not a slapping hand you know what if we'll do that with each other it's amazing how we can grow together how many believe God wants us to grow together so uh, again pulling up bitter root judgments Here's one, I encourage you to do this. If there's an overage in your life, maybe on your job, you know, there's a situation in the office. Have you ever had a person, and you don't know why, but just looking at that person aggravates you? I'm serious. Have you ever had that happen to you? Sure you have. (laughs) Or or there's something that happens in the office. or something that happens where you work. And every time it does, it's like, I can't. So again you just get ill at ease well there's something in you that's a barb that that's bringing up and see those are the times say God and here's what you do God I give you permission would you talk to me why does that bother me I shouldn't be responding that way I'm so angry and I, I don't even know often you don't know why God would you show me why would you help me because I shouldn't be that way I'm supposed, to, I'm supposed to be kind, caring, loving, patient, forgiving. And I, and I don't want to chew somebody's head off right now. What's up? So you get before God. And once he shows you like he showed me, and I've just given you this many. Uh, go to the relationships in your life. I've told people to do this for years. Uh, make Get a sheet of paper. Put mother, all of your relationships in your past. Mother, father, brothers, sisters aunts, uncles, cousins, nephews, all the people you're related to. When you're young, some families are closer than others. Teachers, uh, uh, pastors, uh, boyfriends, girlfriends, ex-spouses, who have friends. Anybody that's had a relationship with you and it didn't end well, write it down. Make one sentence statements out of what happened. I've done that with my mom, with my dad, with my brothers, with my friends. With my pastors, you know, with my bosses, with my ex-girlfriends—I've only had one wife. I've even had to do it with Susan, believe it or not, and she's perfect. But you know what? When you do that, make one sentence statements to say, "Lord, when so and so did that, it made me feel this." And say, "God, I don't want to do that. Why am I doing? Why did I? Why did that affect me that way?" And make sure you forgive the people that have hurt you in your life because those that we don't forgive become bitter roots. And they not only ensnare us, but they hinder our relationships with other people what i just said sometimes it takes a long time to work through that now you know people have come to me over the years and and i tell them just to write a just one sentence statements mom dad etc 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 i've had people come in with a whole i mean pages after pages and we'll just get a kleenex box i'll give them a chair i'll get a chair we'll just sit right there and i'll say okay let's pray and sometimes you need somebody to help you. And you'll always need somebody. Sometimes you do for really tough things. But if you'll go through that list, Lord, when so and so said such and such or did such, it made me feel. And Lord, I've judged them. And Lord, I make a choice today to forgive them. The people in the room today, all of us need to do these kinds of things. If keeps if you keep stumbling over something on your job or stumbling over something in your life with with, with uh, the church that you attend or stumbling over something in your marriage or with your children or in your own person. There's something behind it and it's a weed that we have to pull called...